Welcome to episode 33 of The Victors, a Michigan sports podcast. We are affiliated with Between the Whistles Detroit, a JC Sports Network exclusive. I'm your host, Chad Mazigan, joined by my co-host, Mr. Jordan Dean, and today is the first episode in 33 episodes. We are uh, not delivering any sort of good news. This is a very, very sad, uh, ugly ending to the season, and um, you know, I'll, I'll just lay it out there. Obviously, if you're a Michigan fan, you probably know by now, TCU beats Michigan 51-45. to um, You know, to the outside world, a very entertaining game. Uh, no doubt about that, but to Michigan fans, um, very disappointing in the performance overall by the team. And you know, Jordan, let's just let's get right into it, man. It was it was super sloppy, uh, out coached. I wasn't impressed with the game plan. Just just give me what you're what what you're feeling right now, man. I waited a month for that, Chad. That's what that's what I got after a month of waiting for anticipation for a game plan for four weeks to see what this team can do, watching an, an, an amount of film that they did, game plan the way that they did, practicing the way that they did. we That's the result we get after four weeks. I cannot deal with that because what my biggest irritation in, in, coach, in, in coaching is there are so many freaking coaches that want to be the smartest guy in the gosh dang room that they will just the, – the, the worst thing you can do for a coach is give them time and a whiteboard. Honestly, that's what it is. We decided that we were going to be the smartest freaking coaches in America and come up with all this BS for four weeks and get away from what we've done all freaking season on both sides of the football. So, I, you know what, Chad? We outcoached ourselves, I, and we deserve it. Well, we let's just, let's just start it. with it right off the rip, right? You you're, you're have an uh, initial drive. First play of the game, 53-yard yep. run. Not sure how Edmonds right take it to the, the house. I was surprised he got yep. caught, honestly. But anyway, you, you convert a third down later. You're, you got first and goal at the five. You end up at the three uh, two-yard line with fourth and goal. You call a timeout, and I'm like, all right, good. I didn't mind going for it in that situation, by no, the not way. not at all. I, I liked not. it. Yep. You don't get it. They're going to get the ball at the one, two, maybe the three if they somehow stuff it. Whatever. You got their backs against the wall. You come out with a Philly special, which, by the way, is not really a secret anymore. A bunch of teams run this yeah, thing. It's, that was about five years ago. Right. Five, it, six years ago. What, what are we doing? That's that's your play call out of fourth and goal on fourth and goal on the opening drive. Like You're a Big Ten Let's, team. For a month, you talked about, hey, they run a three-three-five on defense. We're gonna give them a Big Ten experience. You got J.J. McCarthy running his mouth. Oh, three-three-five. We're just gonna smash, you know, smash football the whole time. Then why didn't you do it? Run a, a gap or B gap run, and you have the best old line in America. Yeah. Take it to them. I would have, I, I would have much rather gotten stuffed on fourth and two doing what we do than that BS. Like that, honestly, that's the way that I look at. Not it. Like, to mention. How come we don't ever run a damn read option in any of those situations until we're down by 20? That makes no sense to me. You want to know how TCU was scoring in the red zone? Duggan was running read options, and Michigan couldn't uh, stop it. J.J. McCarthy is equally as athletic, if not faster, than Duggan. Duggan's just bigger. Yeah, Duggan's bigger. I would say they're about the same speed, but Chad, you hit it right in the head. I would have loved to see... Our four tight end set, you know, like we did against Iowa, say, here we are, fourth and two, frick you, let's go get it. Or, you know, get the quarterback run game, you know, what, like we did against Ohio State. I'll flake them, get some pin pull, and move. They literally asked us for four quarters to run the ball to the edge. 
and we finally did it late when it was too late. Like it, it those it's once again, and I, you know, good, I guess good on Harbaugh. You know, he, he owned his mistake, fine, whatever. But that like, why Harbaugh? Why that to me, it just, it's not who we are. If you want to call a flea flicker, a trick play, you want to call the, the double pass against Ohio state dive throw. Sure. Trick play. But like, we're not a trick play football team. This is not what we do. So it's not like you can't just like become that. It's something you need to have in your repertoire that you do for four or five weeks out the year and, and rep it and do it and not four weeks and, you know, the f- most important game of the year, have four weeks to, you know, you know, we're bored. Let's come up with some stuff. That's really what I think it is. Like, you know, we, we, I, we have so much time. We have more time than normal to game plans. So let's put some more crap in. Like, no, that's, that's not what you needed to do. Yeah. Yes, I, that's, that's one of, the, one of the many things that we decided to be idiots on. And I should have stayed this right at the top of the show. I want to give TCU credit. Offensively, they had a good game plan. Wasn't pro- wasn't happy yep. with what Michigan started doing defensively with their all-out blitzes and z- uh, zero coverage, you know, all-man coverage, yep. no help over the top on some of the third-down situations. Yep. But regardless, TCU, they had a good game plan. They ran the ball better than I suspected, too. And you know what? Their defense made some plays. Not, you know, obviously Michigan was scoring. Michigan struggled to run the ball, especially in the first half. Uh, but, you know, they created a couple turnovers, and, you know, they were the ones who turned the turned those turnovers into points. So, I TCU deserved that win. I want to get that out of the way, and also want to get out of the way. Anyone who thinks the refs cost Michigan that game are goddamn they losers, and I will not get stand the for frick it. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Michigan. I, no, no, you can count on every finger on both hands of things they did wrong. That if if they convert two of those ten things, it doesn't matter that there's bad calls. You'd still overcome it. Don't fumble at the half yard line. Guess what? The Roman Wilson, uh, go, uh, you know, touchdown overturn to the half yard line doesn't matter. Uh, the targeting at the end of the game, whatever. You know what? It's not the ref's job to bail you out when you, you know, and like I said, when I texted you, it was the perfect ending to the game, Uh, uh, a miscommunication Mm -hmm. on the snap because it was miscommunication all day from Michigan, whether it was the coaching staff, the players, the game plan. It was awful. Yep, yep. I'm totally with you, Chad. You know, you can talk about the Roman Wilson play. I mean, first off, great play, great play call. Roman Wilson, great catch, great effort. And you know what? Fine. You know, you can have your little, super test up. I don't care. You're on the inch line. Championship football teams get that four out of four times. Yeah. They do. And you can't even run a simple fullback dive. And you can't even, that's one you can't even credit TCU's defense because it was a bad handoff. Like the exchange was bad. The defense did nothing to force that fumble. Like he didn't expect the football. Yeah. He literally just like looked like he filled the gap. Like he wasn't even looking for it. Like once again, Doing something we've not done all year. I mean, you would think a fullback dive play is simple to run. It kind of is, Chad, but it's really not because of the timing of it, especially under center. Like, J.J. had to go to the B-gap to get that to him. Like, yeah. that's a big step and, and, and get the ball out in front of him because he, was, he wasn't right behind him. He was offset. So, like, those little things take time and repetition to do. But why are we just not, once again, big boy football, we've done quarterback sneaks with J.J. McCarthy in the past. We've done Donovan Edwards down – off tackle, we've done. We, we we just did things that we are not doing all year, and I just drives me crazy that coaches do this to themselves. Like, you literally are thirteen and zero because in the red zone, what have you done all year? You've done motions, you've done misdirections, put your best players in positions to make plays. Whether it's JJ McCarthy on the run game, whether it's Donovan Edwards when we had Blake Corum. Like, do the things that win football games that you've done all year. 
Yeah, it's incredible how far they got away from their identity, um, especially in that first half. And, you know, like you said, the game plan, it felt vanilla. They they really didn't have a response to TCU. You know, like you said, they didn't run outside for a whole half of football. They didn't start running JJ till they were down by 20 points right. or 18 points, whatever it was. They started doing that, all of a sudden the offense comes to life a little bit. Shocking, you, you add a threat uh, – uh, a running threat from the quarterback who also can throw the ball pretty good, and all of a sudden they're having a hard time stopping you. It's just your defense couldn't get stops either, and you know it comes down to you know there were bad play calls, some plays were missed on the field by the players. Just overall, not a great game, and you know let let's just run it down from the beginning because yeah. I, I I feel like Michigan really spotted TCU twenty eight points. You you don't score on fourth and goal, you know to start the game on the opening drive. Then a terrible pick six. J.J. makes a bad late throw to a far side out route. Ronnie Bell looked like he didn't even care about the route because he didn't try to get any separation at the top of the route. He just ran ran the out, like didn't even stutter at the top of the route to get separation from the safety. And then you, you, we talked about the, the fumble from the uh, Wilson touchdown that was overturned. That's 21. And then the second pick six. Now – I'll I'll give credit to TCU on this one. I I thought that was a pretty good play defensively. He he read it kind of the whole way. The linebacker um, Winters D Winters hell of a game by the way. Uh, nasty. Yeah, really nice interception. Really nice catch. Um, you know, could JJ have seen it? Sure. I mean, you can say that, but to me that was just a really good football play and just you know tough tough on you know tough tough for JJ in Michigan there. But at the end of the day, that's twenty eight points. Michigan ended up losing by six, and they still had a chance to win the game with 52 seconds left. Granted, I know they had to go 52 or uh, uh, 75 yards yep. in 52 seconds, whatever. You still have a chance. It's college football. Yeah. You know, yep. clock stops every time you get a first down, which you were gonna need. They obviously couldn't get it going, but to lose only by six with all that happened, it shows me Michigan was the more talented team. They just oh, kept shooting absolutely. themselves in the foot repeatedly, and that's that's the most frustrating mm-hmm. part. Michigan goes out there like last year to Georgia and loses by 20 points or whatever the score was, you know. It, it's, it sucks, but, you know, okay, they were obviously the better team. This one hurts because Michigan is the better team, and they just didn't show up that day at, or, you know, I Saturday. Totally, yeah. And it was just totally all believe, self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. I totally believe that if we play TCU 10 times, Chad, we win 8 out of 10. I would agree with you. And it was just one of those days that they just – they. They did a little bit less mistake-wise to win the game, and sometimes that's just what it is. And, you know, I, I, I will applaud the resiliency of the University of Michigan. I don't – they never quit. They kept fighting. They, you know, the, and, you know, I, I, I applaud that. Um, but at the end of the day, fellas, like, you can't do what you do and expect to win football games – win that football game. I mean, 14 – like you said, 28 points. That we, it was a 28-point swing. And JJ was great all year. He cost us big time in this game. Um, you know, just with it, I I know Ronnie Bell didn't run that out route. You can't be late on an out route. Uh, that that was part of the issue. I mean, he was he just let, very he let inconsistent. I know he put up a very nice stat line, but man, he did. He had I a great third quarter. Very, that was about it. He, oh, he did. Yeah, I think the future is very bright with JJ McCarthy. I think he's going to be even better next year. Um, but in this game, this he. He made some decisions that very, very costly. And I'll tell you this. I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, 
But this, the way they called the game, the trick play on fourth and goal, the fullback dive to a, run, a guy who's been a running back for two minutes uh, the season, and just some of the other play calling in some situations, I just think missing Blake Corum was yep. got in the coach's head because guess what? If Blake Corum's healthy for this game, they're not running that trick play on fourth and goal. They're handed to him, not the fullback, on that first and goal on the goal line. I don't know why they don't trust Edwards more. I'll be honest. Edwards is a big boy. I know he's not the trucker that Corum is, but he's still got a big frame. And especially on the first and goal one where they end up fumbling, how do you not give it to Edwards one time at least before you go to the fullback dive or a quarterback sneak? You know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't know. It just felt all discombobulated to me. I agree. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like, you, a TCU did it multiple times. You know, it's, it's almost unstoppable, Chad, when a team will motion a tight end or a fullback and literally stop them right behind the quarterback and run a quarterback sneak. It's almost unstoppable because you got 400 plus pounds going six inches. Well, yeah, and you know I can't tell like, you how many times I've seen it. Not only TCU doing it in the the, the Michigan game, uh, even at the uh, watching NFL game, uh, uh, Sunday Night Football, Pittsburgh did I think three times last night where they brought the tight end or receiver in motion right behind the quarterback, ran a quarterback sneak, and guess what? You get two yards pretty much every time. It's hard to stop that when you got the center and the guards all pinching down pushing the quarterbacks driving then you got the a receiver tight end and then the running back behind the receiver tight end all right. pushing forward you're not going to get a stop right. not not, not probably not nine you know nine out of ten times that quarterback's going forward absolutely so once again the cuteness and the and the 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 the, the mentality on the smartest coach in the room took over and that's it's just beyond irritating and like you said you know keep going with the game and I think you know second half you know we I, I don't remember when Don Brown became back to the University of Michigan as our defensive coordinator Chad but apparently he was on our sidelines so um, yeah, and I just, cover zero it like, really didn't I, make sense with Minter's game plan uh you know they, Duggan didn't have a great game especially throwing the ball no he, he, he was didn't. nine for 23 at one point I don't know what he ended up finishing um but, I mean, Minter, like you said, we were talking about a little during the game. He kept going to a zero coverage on these third downs. And, you know, a lot of times they just they were getting burned. And it just didn't make sense because kind of like you defend JJ, he struggles when you just sit back in zone a little bit and has to make decisions. And well, the pass rush, off man coverage. Like, the pass man rush coverage was getting better in the second half. The first half, Michigan's pass rush wasn't great, in my opinion. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. There were a couple plays where he had all day to throw. But okay. I don't know, man. I just there, there was the one we talked about where he um, he took it for the long touchdown. If DJ Turner takes a better angle. They probably tackle him. And it's like fourth and four, right. and Michigan's getting the ball back down only three. But at the end of the day, you're asking a lot of your players, especially against a team that slings the ball around like TCU, to continually get off the field man-to-man with no help over the top. I agree. Um, and, I, and I'm sure you, you can say, yeah, we'll make the play. Okay, well, how about we have we play zone coverage instead and you have a corner and a, corner and a linebacker going inside out on that instead of a guy trying to 
make up the, I mean, on their biggest receiver, no less, 6'5", 230. Right. And it's not a small person you're trying to go down and ask DJ Turner, who's 195 pounds, to go tackle in open space. Like, it's 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 not just that freaking simple. No, no. And I think this gets to a bigger issue. Michigan, I don't know, man. Under Jim Harbaugh, they are 1-7 in, in the postseason. Bowl game, yep. whatever. Meaningless or not, this is becoming an issue. And, you know... Michigan fans, I mean, myself included a little bit. I, I don't know really where you stood, but, you know, obviously in today's college uh, game, I'd say probably in the last seven to ten years, bowl games that aren't the playoffs really don't mean as much anymore. You got a lot of really good players that you know are going to the NFL opt out of playing in these games to make sure they don't get hurt before the right. NFL draft comes up and all that. So, you know, Michigan team and other uh, fan base, I'm sure, too, but Michigan in this sense because Harbaugh's only won one bowl game in his seven seasons here or whatever. Um, he, you know, they, in the first bowl game he played in in the 2015 season, Citrus Bowl against Florida, Michigan won 41-7, whopping. And cool. You know, you, you, you did the first season right. Since then, in 2016, Orange Bowl, Michigan lost by one to Florida State, thirty-three to thirty-two. Outback Bowl in twenty seventeen, Michigan lost twenty-six to nineteen. In twenty seventeen season, uh, oh no, that was that. In twenty eighteen, the Peach Bowl, Michigan lost forty-one to fifteen to Florida. In the Citrus Bowl against Alabama in twenty nineteen, Michigan lost thirty-five to sixteen. Last year in twenty one, the Orange Bowl, obviously playoff game, Michigan lost thirty four to eleven to Georgia, and then this year TCU fifty one to forty five. We have a problem with preparation and game planning for bowl games. Like like you said, the time off it, it must kill Harbaugh because he just gets in his head too much. Like I, I don't know how else to explain it. They've lost six straight bowl games now including two playoff games, one playoff game this past one against TCU where they were favored to win and should have won. I, 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 looking into the bowl record, I'll be honest, like some of those matchups were tough. Like I didn't expect us to beat Bama when we played them. I didn't expect to beat Georgia when we played them. Like, but I would say the Florida State one was very disappointing. Um, the Florida one that we lost to 41-15, they, they were okay that year. They weren't like phenomenal, um, but – at large, you know, like you've talked about, the you know people opting out or whatever. To me, the bigger the bigger ones is we are zero two in the biggest moments of our season, um, and this like you said earlier in the show, this one's worse than last year because we were the better football team coming off into that game, and we allowed TCU, who, let's be honest. You know, probably gonna lose. I think to Georgia handily. Not, not even a good. Like I, I think TCU will do some things, but I, we can talk about more of that down the road. But we, uh, we allowed college football landscape just to be different this season than it should have been. My only thing to that, you know, what you said is some of those matchups you didn't expect to win. I agree with you on that front. But when you make a bowl game and have a month to prepare, sure. I, I feel like you should be able to make things closer than. You know, Alabama thirty-five to sixteen, Florida forty-one to fifteen win, uh, Georgia thirty-four to eleven. Like, Michigan was in the playoffs for a reason last year. They still got their ass handed to them. I get Georgia won the national championship, and Georgia was very good. But 
only scoring 11 points, and really that touchdown was a garbage time touchdown in the fourth quarter. I mean, you expect more, especially when Harbaugh stands on the pedestal of, you know, being known as an elite head coach in college football. Because, honestly, until I see something change in the postseason, I don't care if you go 13-0 anymore. I'm not going to trust that you have the ability to win a playoff game. I, you know, or a New Year's Six Bowl game, you know, wherever they end up. I, you know, yeah. I, I'll enjoy beating Ohio State, Michigan State, you know, when we do. Wonderful. But when we get to the time to play in a playoff game against whoever it may be, how can I be confident? Because this was the year I was confident. Last year, like, yeah. I agree with you, not many people expected Michigan to win that game, let alone, you know, you know, be, be within a touchdown at the end of the game, sort of thing. Like we knew yeah. Georgia was a really a good a big monster last year, but this yeah. year that it was kind of the opposite. Michigan was supposed to be that monster. TCU was gonna is that team coming in first time in the playoff uh, uh, playoffs and did they make the? I don't think they made the playoffs before. I'm trying to remember early on. Either way, did or did not TCU new head coach, uh, new coaching staff in general. A team that was project, predicted to finish seventh in the Big Twelve, you know, has a, a magical season, kind of like Michigan did last year. And you're going up against Michigan, who has playoff experience from last year, has a pretty veteran team, and I, you know, most people would say Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Sonny Dykes. Well, you know, that got proven wrong a little bit in this game, but you know, and it's just it's so disappointing because. How how are you supposed to have faith in this team until they actually actually accomplish it? Like you know what I mean? Like I don't yeah, know. Man, I, I, no, I'm totally with you, man. And the fact is, like, there's a lot of the Michigan fan base that is okay with you know being being Michigan State, being Ohio State, and winning Big Ten championships, and outside of that is icing on the cake. And you know what? The 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 competitive side of me says you. I understand that perspective. However, when you're in a position to go win the damn thing. You go win the damn thing. This, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard not to like think it, this might have been Michigan's best chance at a national championship. I'm not saying they possible. can't do it again. They are one of the top I programs think, in football. But you have a down yeah. Georgia, a year Alabama couldn't make it, an Ohio State team right. that if you played, you're already beat. So, you know, you kind of have the blueprint there. Not saying they were going to beat them again if they matched up. But, you know, we know they can right. do it sort of thing. And then, like we said, TCU is a brand new team to the, the dance on a Cinderella run, and you couldn't beat them. Yeah. I don't know if you'll ever get and, a magical lineup like that again, because usually there's two SEC teams, Georgia and Bama. Oh, for sure. Bama's going to bounce and back. You know what I mean? LSU's getting better quickly. We talked about the big, you know. And keep in mind, like, that's the thing. That's the beauty about college football, man. Like, it, each year is different. Yes, we've been in a situation, you know, for a while, Clemson, Bama, you know, running the show. But I do think tides are turning a little bit. And, like, we're seeing – some teams like LSU get back in the picture, USC getting back in the picture. Like the there's schools around the program around the country that are getting things done. And, you know, even within Penn, even within on the big 10, I mean, Penn state's always going to be tough. And I, I know we don't believe in James Franklin, but sometimes you just have that year. We've gotten some great hires in the freaking big 10, Luke fickle, Wisconsin coach uh, rule at Nebraska. Like things are not going to be as simple next year. In my mind, it's going to be more complex and then, you know, obviously next year is the last year of the college football era as far as how it's been set up for so long and with the four-man playoff, and then we're going to a 12-man. And so I do think just for the next few years, Michigan will be in the conversation every year because 
I'd like to think we finish somewhere between one and twelve for the next few years. Yeah, my um, opinion. I think, if you don't make a twelve-man playoff, pretty much on a yearly yeah, basis, there's, yeah, there's a failure yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I agree with you, hundred percent. And I do think, unfortunately, the competitive aspect is, is is becoming less and less. But we've also had the conversation that you know a twelve, a a, a, a number twelve team in the country. You know, beats. Let's say they beat the number six team or whatever it is. Uh, it breaks down, and then they go play the number one team. That that talent gap is so massive. Um, and, yeah. I, and I and I would agree with you there that that's the case traditionally. Um. So so. But no, I. There's a this this was a there's a there is positives in this season, Chad. Obviously, it's so disappointing that we got our butts kicked. You know, and not I guess didn't really get our butts kicked, but beat ourselves, and. We, you know, had an opportunity, as you said, to have the potentially the best opportunity to go win a national championship. I will say I do believe we'll be better next year. Um, I do think Blake Corum comes back. Donovan Edwards, obviously, is going to be back. JJ's back. Our defense is going to be much improved. We're going to lose some people, but I do think we're going to be able to reload enough to get back into this dance. But to your point, what what are we going to do with it? And as of right now, obviously, all we can say is probably not much. Well, um, and the problem is just because – you're better doesn't necessarily mean you're back in the playoffs either. I mean, like yeah. you said, with other teams getting better, you, you, you talked about LSU. I mean, Bam and Georgia obviously yeah. would be in the conversation. USC, uh, you know, UCLA possibly. Does, do they get back to what they had? Oregon looked pretty good this year. I mean, you're going to have teams in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to go undefeated again. Michigan's yep. likely going to lose probably at least one game, the odds would tell you, you know, somewhere. And like you said, like you said, in the Big Ten alone, you got Penn State who, you know, as much as I dislike Franklin, they have talent. And, you know, talent yep. can take you places, obviously. Yep. Um, Michigan State, you know, they always play They're Michigan be tough. They're, They're going to be better than they were this year. They won't be a pushover. Ohio State's uh-huh. always there, obviously. Um, and, you know, you got schools like, you know, I don't know, like you said, Nebraska, even Maryland, these schools are getting better and I'm not always getting better. Like there's a lot of, there's some one-off teams that can make some noise, you know, that, that can ruin a season essentially is what we're saying. Yeah. Right. And you know, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's just tough because it definitely feels like an opportunity was, was dropped uh big time and. It just uh... you know what you you look at, you know you look at the the the, the other game of with Ohio State and Georgia, uh, both those teams. You know if we play our brand of football and if we would have like played at the highest level that we have, I look at both those teams. Obviously we've already beaten Ohio State, but I think for four quarters we could have played with Georgia at our best. Oh, I believe it. I, I agree with you, and I that was going to be one of my points is watching that game. I I, I felt like Michigan could compete with either team. And had a good chance at beating either team, and obviously we're not going to get that opportunity. But it, it, and again, it just goes to more of the disappointing part, right? It just feels like the stars were aligned to, you know, even if you don't win the national championship, it felt like it was going to be a real good damn game against Georgia or Ohio State if you did make it, because you got two top dogs going at it. Now, I, I'm not going to say TCU is going to get blown out. I could see a scenario where they do. I could also see a scenario because Ohio State gave Georgia a lot of fits. And part of that was Stroud showed his ability to actually yes. run the ball, which Duggan's going right. to do. Now, I do believe Stroud's a better quarterback than Duggan, but TCU kind of has that same formula. 
Maybe playing Ohio State helps that. Kind of like I said going into that game, Ohio State playing Michigan probably helped them prepare for Georgia a little bit because Georgia runs a similar style offense. So, you know, maybe Georgia playing Ohio State, they'll go back, look at the film, okay, TCU does this this and this pretty similarly this is how we're going to fix what we you know we did did poorly against Ohio State and maybe Georgia you know kind of runs away with it I don't know um but you can say the same thing about TCU going up against Michigan like my point about Ohio State Michigan is a good uh dummy or you know good film to watch good experience to now go play a Georgia team that's you know, probably a little bit better in some areas than Michigan but kind of the same formula of what they do schematically Absolutely. So I, I, I'm rooting for TCU. What a story. Good for them. Like I, I'd love to see them win. Obviously I'd rather say we lost in the national champion, but at the end of the day, I'd, I'd like to see that story happen. I would just like to see the I, SEC not win for the first time right, in a long nice. time. Like that's why I'd root that'd for the big too. 12, but, uh, and it'd be good for the big 12 kind of since, you know, they lost, they're losing their two big dogs in, um, Oklahoma right. and, uh, Texas or whatever, uh, to the mm. SEC. So that'd be kind of a cool, cool story as well. Um, yeah. we can kind of hop right into it. What that Georgia Ohio State game? You know, what what's your kind of thoughts on that one? Because I'll be honest with you, it, one it surprised me. Ohio State played a lot better than I thought they would. Georgia's defense was a little disappointing. Um, in my opinion, I thought they'd play a little bit better. But man, it, it if Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't the first receiver taken this year, I I, I don't know what to say because that dude is a GD stud. And if he didn't get hurt, I think Ohio State's in the national championship. Oh, I, dude, I, he was—he did whatever he wanted against that secondary, and he every talk about Kaylee Ringo, uh, Georgia's top uh, corner, yeah. and a guy who's projected to be around a, a you know a top five, top ten pick. He, you know, there's going to be some questions now from this performance seeing Harrison do what he did to that Georgia secondary. Uh, I, I I totally I totally agree, and you know. Kudos, to, as much as I hate giving Ohio State credit, kudos to them for fighting for as hard as they did. And they got back to what they do. And they're not a ground and pound team. You know, they use it as a balancing factor. But uh, they 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 formationed well. They they found opportunities for Martin Harrison to get open. Uh, they had a great play action game. And Stroud played the, uh, the best game of, of his career, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Stroud, just, like said, Stroud helped his NFL draft he, he stock did. big he, time. He showed that he can run. He made some great movements in the pocket to extend plays to get open for Marvin Harris and the Marvin. And I, I, I don't know, man. They they were cylinder until Marvin went out, and then they got a little bit, a little bit more tough. I mean, obviously, you're about when your best player gets hurt, it's, it, it, you, you don't always have the reloadability at that position to do that. And you know, Ohio State's defense did enough in my mind. I, they, they, you know, they they got some key stops. Obviously, they gave them some big plays, but Georgia was vulnerable. They really, really were, and I think, you know, if if they were if they had Marvin on that last drive, he might make he might make a play to get down closer for a field goal opportunity, and they win that game. You you never know. Um, yeah, but and Kirby Smart's lucky, or Stenson, whoever we want to blame here. Uh, you know, they this play they scored on, they snapped that ball with like 14 seconds left on the play clock with a running game clock. I'm like, why are we snapping it so early? Like you're. You're, you're in scoring position. You, the time's on your side now. Like, you don't have to hurry anymore. Right. And I I was surprised they willingly gave that time uh, back to uh, Ohio State. I will State. say, on the, on the good side of coaching, 
I will say Kirby Smart made it potentially made or his staff, him and his staff, made potentially the big biggest play in that game when Ohio State came out in an overset for a punt formation and they and they faked it but right before they snapped it he called timeout because Ohio State was gonna get that on air and that was a they were down I wasn't was it was in a fourteen at that point or yeah. ten at that point. And that was a huge, huge play that let Georgia get back in that thing. Yeah, it was. And, uh, yeah, I mean, credit credit to them on a day where, you know, Kirby Smart even admitted in this post-game press conference, he said, we probably shouldn't have won this game, but, you know, our, our boys kept fighting and all that. And, you know, Ohio State, like, I, I'll be, <laughs> I hate saying it because the Big Ten had a 50% chance of winning this thing and both teams lost, but... It's sad because both Big Ten teams actually look like the better teams in their game, and somehow both of them lost. So it's you know it yeah. is what it is. But man, I'll say this as a kind of a you know wrap up to both of these playoff games for the viewing experience and fans across the nation that just want to enjoy football games. Those were two really good semifinal football games, and probably the best semifinals we've had since the you know beginning of these these playoffs because. There's been someone against smoked every freaking. It seems like at least one game is always a blowout every year, and you know it's hit or miss if the other game is super close or not. You had two games come down to the final minute. You know, obviously Ohio State came yep. down to the final final seconds of the game. Michigan came down to the final minute when they got the ball back with what 52 seconds left or whatever it was with a chance to win. So both games entertaining till the end, and uh, you know, like I said at the beginning, unfortunately for Michigan fans. While it was entertaining and, you know, it was a wave of emotions as Michigan kept trying to fight back. It just, you know, they shot themselves in the foot, you know, too, too many times and couldn't recover from it. And that that was the most disappointing thing watching this all play out. But, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, man. I agree. So who do you... Uh, national championship wise, are you you picking Georgia to win or? Yeah, I mean, as much as I want TCU to win, Georgia's gonna win. Uh, I I just think uh, they 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 have the talent, and I also think their coaching staff's not gonna do it. Freaking our coaching staff did, so I think Kirby Smart staff will. And it's also back to normal, right? You get that week to prepare. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's back in the and what what you traditionally do week in and week out in the college football season. And that's what I wanted to be able to do is I wanted us to be able to freaking overcome this month off and get back to what we've done for 15, 14 weeks, essentially at that point to be able to get back to the week game planning and we weren't able to do it. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think Georgia wins as well. Um, I do think it'll be closer than, you know, some might think. I know the spread. I think last I saw. TCU plays hard. Yeah. I, they, that is something about TCU that you, when you have a team that will, is uh, is unwilling to quit, which is a great trip, you know, and and, and it's gonna fight no matter what, and that 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 just winning football, and and they are and like that defense, like you said, though they run a three three five, and you know it's great for the Big Twelve, I I think Georgia's gonna exploit a little bit more than what we did because we were so stubborn and not actually attacking the edge. I think a lot of Georgia's run game actually is edge related with jet sweeps and tosses and outside zones and those type of things. So I think it's going to be tougher for TCU to be able to manage that. And arguably, though, we were the best offensive line in the country this year. George is pretty freaking close, too. Those dudes are maulers up front. Yeah, I agree. And um, 
I, I, you know, I, I'll be rooting for TCU not only because you know they lost to Michigan, but kind of like I said earlier, one, it'd be nice to see the Big Twelve win it, not seeing SEC, SEC and Georgia, you know, SEC team and then Georgia repeat sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, Max Duggan has, I like, dude, I respect the kid. The kid has a lot of fight in him. His effort, he says the right things. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I like him as a player. I, I don't know. I don't really think he's going to be much at the next level. He just doesn't look like he translates to the NFL very well, in my opinion, uh, from what I've seen. Yeah. But uh, I'll be rooting for him in this sense because, you know, the kid's a competitor. Uh, you know, watching him not only in that Michigan game, but fighting that Big 12 championship and some of the late games in, in the season, like the game in, uh, against Texas and things like that, I thought uh, – you know, the kid's gritty. Even when he's having a bad, bad game, uh, he still fights and seems to make plays when the team most needs it. So I'll, I'll be rooting for him. Uh, Georgia's favored by 13.5 right now. I, I would like to see TCU keep it under that. I don't know if they will, but uh, I do think Georgia probably does uh, most likely win that game. So Yeah, I agree. Really quick on your offensive line comment. Were you disappointed with our line at all in that game? Because I feel like, to me... That's back-to-back playoff games after they've won that award that they've really, to me, had a, had a letdown in uh, in performance in the, in the playoff I'm game. Not, I'm more disappointed in our staff, Chad. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily our our kids, you know, up front not getting it done. Now, there were times, if you go back, I mean, I'll be honest, I have not watched the game back yet because I'm, I'm still hurting. <laughs> yeah. But during the game, there were times when we were running our inside zone concepts or pulling and we had double teams at the point of attack and our guys just didn't come off and backers scooped on you know got underneath to make plays so there is there was some just not fully shooting and making mistakes that like we just weren't doing all year and i'm not going to sit here and say tcu's like the fastest defense we faced all year so it was just one of those just weird times where our offensive line didn't do their jobs consistently i thought our pass pro was excellent all game yeah, the pass pro was very good. I was more disappointed, like you very, said, in the very, run game, yeah, not getting yeah, to the second the level. Game. And we, 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 yeah, we, I, I do think that's part of our coaching staff not doing a great job of putting our kids in great spots to be successful and running the ball to the edge more. I know we did a few times early on in the game, and they shot the gap and, you know, got us for negative plays, but there's ways to schematically do things that eliminate that opportunity from an inside-out perspective. And I just, I'm disappointed in Shrill Moore and Matt Weiss and, Harbaugh for not having a better game plan to balance up what TCU was trying to do there for four quarters. Yeah, not to mention we have the best center in the country, and I think it was twice on that final final uh, drive. You know, yeah, he, like he exactly, up, like so. what? Right, you talking about that? Like, like you said earlier, that, that, what a way to end it. I mean, of course, that's how we end it, right? Because that's just how the type of game it was. Like, you have your all-American center, not. JJ's not looking for the snap because he's checking something beforehand and our guy snaps it off his chest because he's not looking and yeah yeah we didn't get the targeting call I am annoyed by that I think that was the definition of targeting just based on the fact that if there's been less egregious hits in college football or less yeah less egregious hits in college that I've seen that have been called targeting but I'm not going to sit here and say we get that penalty 15 yards we're still on our 40 or 35 I think it would have been and go win that game I'm not going to sit here and say that yeah, but. it's it's interesting in the sense, uh, you know, it's tough because obviously the refs didn't want to bail Michigan out there. Obviously, they from the start that play was messed up, uh, and it got you know obviously tackled for what a gain of two I think when all was said and done. Right. 
Um, right. I, I, to me, was it targeting? I, I think so as well. Um, but I think the refs were looking for a reason for it not to be in the sense on one angle I saw, and I, I thought this during the game, I'm like, there was one angle where they kind of showed it from behind, uh, from the Michigan sideline, I believe. And it looked like the TCU's player helmet, while he did lead with his helmet, which is the definition of targeting, it looked like he hit, uh, I think it was Loveland who caught the ball, correct? Yeah, yeah. It looked like he hit him in the nameplate on the back of his jersey and then, you know, slid up into his helmet, obviously. And right there, I'm like, the initial contact wasn't directly with the helmet. I'm like... They're not going to call this because they don't want to call this anyway because it's a it's well, it was, it was interesting. Out. They yeah they they called the the booth called it not the not the refs right right. So far, yeah, so I thought if a, if a booth's going to call it you know to check for targeting they're going to call it. It's but, part of a bigger but, issue really. Uh, you know targeting sure. still is so widely debated in the sense that it never seems to be cut and dry. Uh, so, like you said, you've seen worse. Uh, uh, less worse get called and we've seen you know some bad ones not get called and it, it's just part of, you know part of the struggle with with that particular rule in college football right now it's not it's like the nfl with a catch a couple of years ago it's like right it, things are it when you leave so much thing to um what's the word for it um you know people's opinions i guess I, it's not the right word i was looking for but when you leave it to different people calling the play and, you know, each people have different views of what it is, it's it's going to vary. And unfortunately, I think that's one of those reasons. But again, I'm not going to blame, you know, I, I, I right. it sucks, but I can't pin this game on the, you know, if Michigan played no, a perfect, perfect game and then got, got screwed on some bad call at the end, I'd have probably the a little rest, bit of yeah. different feelings. But Michigan played the farthest from a perfect game. Uh, to, did the rest uh, spot, did the rest give? TCU twenty eight points? No, not at all. No, not so exactly. All. So shut up, shut up. Exactly. That's all I got. So. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to next season. Obviously, we got a lot between now and then. I, I do think we have a lot coming back um, on both sides, like I mentioned earlier. And you know, I, I, on a side note, I do think Blake Corum comes back. And there's been some, I guess I don't say rumors. Maybe it's a I mean, best way you can put it that there's with the NIL stuff in Michigan really making some changes there uh, pretty quickly here and um, that there's been a donor that has offered to basically pay a salary that Corb would be making with where he'd be picked in the draft at this point to come back. And there's rumor that he's going to accept it. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'd say, you know, with his knee injury, he's probably, it'd probably be better to come back because he's probably going to fall from where he would probably be initially taken before that injury. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's up to the kid, obviously, and if that rumor becomes true, it would make more sense to come back, in my opinion. But we'll see what happens. Um, you know, but, yeah, like you said, uh, tough end to what was a really fun season overall. Um, obviously, uh, going undefeated, beating all three of your rivals, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, winning another Big Ten uh, championship, uh, and unfortunately just falling short in the playoffs. Uh, with a lot of self-inflicted wounds, um, but you know it was fun. Uh, we enjoyed covering it, you know, with you guys. Uh, we out, we appreciate the support as always with that kind of stuff. And uh, you know we'll be we'll be still producing episodes. Um, just depending on how busy you know sports weeks are, 
Uh, some weeks we might do weekly episodes still. Uh, they might become bi-weekly at some, uh, some points during this uh, winter stretch, uh, just depending on how much news there is with basketball, hockey, football stuff as well. You know, Michigan players, like you said, when players uh, decide if they're going to the NFL, coming back, transfer stuff still, uh, recruiting news, obviously spring ball in a couple months. Um, so everything will be wrapped up when there's a, a good, big enough news for episodes. Me and Jordan will definitely sit down and uh, work one out and, you know, obviously uh, – share share all the Michigan news and stuff going on um, and get our opinions on and things like that. But uh, for now, you know, Michigan's football season comes to an end, unfortunately, a week too soon. And, uh, you know, we'll see uh, see what's in store as we uh, move into the winter months. And, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, I agree with Jordan that uh, Michigan, I do think, has a bright bright future for 2023 as well. Um, and I expect a Another run at a playoff position, whether they get it or not, is yet to be seen, but I think they'll definitely be in the mix for another run at it. Um, but, you know, remember you can follow us, follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts by searching the Victors Dash Michigan Podcast. You can also subscribe to Between the Whistles Detroit on YouTube to catch our podcast as well as your as well as the rest of your Detroit sports needs. Um, and thanks again, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. We appreciate all the support you've provided us all season long. Uh, and like I said, we will... Not only a football podcast, even though football's the the fun part of it, uh, we will have uh, basketball uh, and hockey stuff as well. Uh, baseball when we get to the spring uh, and any other sporting or uh, off-season football news that comes along. We're your source for Michigan sporting news, uh, 365 all year long. So appreciate the support as always, and forever, go blue. Go blue.